Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. Today, I want to talk about Christmas. And specifically, I want to talk about preaching and teaching during the Christmas season and about Christmas itself. Christmas is a remarkable and wonderful time of year, unless you're a pastor or a ministry leader. And then it's a very demanding time of year. I remember when I stopped being a pastor and became the state executive director of the Northwest Baptist Convention, for the first time in about 15 or more years, I was not working as a local church leader during the Christmas season. And it was quite a different experience. Suddenly, I wasn't rushing to get to worship services and to cover all the details and to take care of all the issues. I found myself at home, relaxed, going to church, enjoying the services. It was quite a different perspective. But many of you who are listening to this podcast are engaged vigorously in local church leadership. You are pastors and staff members, spouses, Sunday school teachers, and others who do the hard work of leading a local church ministry. How can you do that more effectively during the Christmas season? And specifically for this podcast, what is some counsel I might have for you about preaching and teaching during the Christmas season? You know, this last part, preaching and teaching, can be a bit challenging because we all know the Christmas story. We all know the details of it. We know the intricacies of it. We know the characters involved. And most importantly, we, we know how it turns out. So there's not necessarily a lot of mystery or drama associated with just the facts of what happened uh, around the Christmas story. So for those reasons, sometimes it can be challenging to preach and teach about Christmas. It becomes a bit old hat, something that we've done before, something that we've done over and over and over again. So in the context of the difficulty of the Christmas ministry season, the demands and the drains of it, coupled with the routine of it, the monotony of it, the habitual repetition of it, what are some ideas about preaching and teaching effectively during this season? Well, number one, preach about Christmas. Teach about Christmas. Resist the temptation to skip it, avoid it, or be bored by repeating it year after year. A number of years ago, uh, a member of our family who had seldom, if ever, attended church decided to go to church around Christmas time. She was hoping to have some kind of reconnection with God and church, but mainly she was hoping to hear the Christmas story and have a reflective time related to Christmas. Well, that particular year, uh, Christmas uh, didn't fall on the weekend, and uh, it was actually closer to the following weekend, and so 
the pastor had been in a series of messages and he was planning to focus on Christmas on Christmas Eve and maybe the Sunday after the day after Christmas, which was also a Sunday. But that Sunday before, he just continued his normal series of sermons, which most people in the church were fine with because he had been the pastor there at that point for about 20 years and and they trusted his judgment on what to preach and when to preach it. This family member of mine went on that Sunday before Christmas and came away, and I'll never forget her comment. She said, well, I went to church, and I can't believe he didn't even talk about Christmas. Well, I don't want to be overly critical of the pastor because I I know the quality of work that he did over a lifetime of ministry, and I also know how negative and critical this family member of mine could also be. So I don't want to be overly critical about the pastor, but I do want to emphasize that this person who went very um, uh, infrequently to church showed up at Christmas expecting to hear the Christmas story, not expecting to hear something they'd never heard before, not expecting to hear uh, some new idea that had never been uh, preached before, not expecting to hear some new sermon about the newest cutting-edge idea or cutting-edge ideal that needed to be talked about right now and to be on the forefront of what's happening in the world. No, she wasn't looking for any of that. She went to church because she hoped to hear the Christmas story, a very familiar story, something she had heard many times before, in spite of the fact that she was not an active Christian or involved in a church, a story that she could probably tell with some accuracy because of her cultural experience with Christmas and the Christmas story. So, It's easy when you're a preacher or a teacher to think, gosh, I've covered this before. I've been over this year after year. Nobody wants to hear this. Don't don't fall to that temptation. Recognize that people want to hear the Christmas story. There's something timeless about it. There's something captivating about it. There's something comforting about the repetition of it. Don't fall prey to the temptation to skip or avoid or demean or belittle or pass by the Christmas story. Preach about it, teach about it during the Christmas season. Now, having said that, here's a second big idea. When you preach and teach about the Christmas story, try to find one new idea each year one new idea that you can bring out of the story and focus on each Christmas message or each Christmas season. It's not important that you come up with uh, insight into the Christmas story that's never been heard before, that uh, something that uh, has uh, never been thought about before, or some creative interpretation of the Christmas story that is breathtaking in its originality. No, that's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about coming up with just one new idea. The Christmas story is the story. You you don't have to embellish it or make something more of it than is already there. But when you're reading through it and you're thinking about it, look for that one new idea or that one emphasis that leaps out to you or that one angle or that one perspective that will help you. For example, a number of years ago, 
uh, I was working on this idea of my big idea or my new idea or my fresh idea about Christmas. And I came to the perspective of looking at the Christmas story through the lens of the various characters who were involved. So I, I preached a, a, a perspective from Mary and Joseph. I preached a perspective from the angels. I preached a perspective from the shepherds. I preached a perspective from Anna and Simeon. I, I preached perspectives from the different people who were involved in various aspects of the Christmas story. That's what I mean when I say a new idea. Another aspect of the story that I did once that was my new idea was I preached what were the really unusual things that happened. Well, certainly a star appearing, an angel speaking, a virgin giving birth. What were those remarkable aspects of the story? Uh, another year, I focused on, well, what were the f prophecies that were fulfilled in the Christmas story? And that gave me the opportunity to dip into the Old Testament for texts and to show how those Old Testament texts were fulfilled in the story of Jesus. And to amplify uh, what was in the what was in the history that would bring us to the, understand the story uh, in a fresh way. That's what I mean when I say just get the one new idea. The story is the story. Uh, you're not going to reinvent the Christmas story or come up with something about it that's never been heard before. But each year you can say, what is a fresh perspective or a fresh idea or a fresh angle or a fresh way of looking at this? and approach the Christmas story in preaching and teaching that way. Well, here's the third idea. When you're preaching and teaching about Christmas, particularly on Christmas Day or close to Christmas Day, avoid being negative or what I will call prophetic on that day. Specifically, Christmas Day is not the time uh, to critique people for their materialism or their greed, or to uh, demean people for celebrating Christmas with their families or for extravagance in their gift giving or in their meal preparations or in the time that they spend with one another during that season. Yes, it's always appropriate to challenge people to live at a higher level and to challenge people to generosity, to challenge people uh, to maintain their focus on the true meaning of Christmas. It's always appropriate to call people to deeper discipleship and greater devotion. Those things are always appropriate. But doing that in a positive way that causes a person to rise up, to be uplifted by the Christmas story, and to be propelled forward by what it teaches is different than preaching a negative lecture-styled message, a prophetic word from God where you're going to blister people for their sin, that's just simply not appropriate around the Christmas season. That's not at all what God was communicating by sending Jesus in the way he did to us. He came as a, a savior, a redeemer, a hope giver. That's the Christmas story. And so while there is certainly a time and a place to preach hard messages about materialism and greed, misplaced priorities, and loss of missional focus, my strong advocation, uh, advocacy toward you is 
don't do it during Christmas and the Christmas season, and certainly not on Christmas Day. Well, a fourth big idea. Don't be overly nostalgic or focus too much on the good old days of Christmas. Now, I recognize that some nostalgia and some focus on the good old days of Christmas is appropriate. I'm not saying that you never mention anything like that, but just be careful. Just be careful that you don't make the assumption that past Christmases were always better than current Christmases and that past methods or past expressions or past ways of celebrating were better than what families may be able to do today. And also remember this, getting people to think about Christmas past may not always be a positive experience for them. For some people, past holidays, especially pre-conversion holidays, were stressful, difficult, perhaps negative, conflict-filled. Not every family gathers around the roaring fireplace and sings Christmas carols and opens their presents with each other with kindness and love and devotion. That's a uh, myth that you want to be careful that you don't assume is true of everyone. For example, when I was a little boy, most holidays involved alcohol. My father was an alcoholic, and while he sometimes tried to moderate his drinking at certain times of the year, the holidays seemed to be a time when the alcohol flowed. So holidays were not always really happy experiences for me. Now, I do have a lot of happy holiday memories. I don't want to say it was all bad. But my holidays were always a bit stressful because I wasn't ever quite sure as a child what was going to happen in our family. So when I hear messages about nostalgic looks back and thinking about how wonderful it was in our families growing up and how special it was to gather and to be with uh, you know, family and extended family, I, I cringe a little bit at that. Now, again, I'm not saying that you should never bring out some nostalgia about the past or some memory of how things were at a better time or a different time. I'm not saying that. I'm just challenging you or cautioning you to not go too far with it. Don't be overly nostalgic about the good old days. Remembering that holidays for some people are stressful. They have trigger mechanisms built into them that bring back memories that are painful and difficult. And quite frankly, especially for people who came to faith in Jesus as adults, their pre-conversion holiday memories may not be all that positive. So be careful about this one. And then finally, number five, around Christmas, when you're preaching and teaching about Christmas, be creative. Don't be afraid to try something new. Uh, The Christmas holiday season is a time when people are typically forgiving 
and people are typically flexible and people are expecting something a little different because they know the story so well that they recognize that leaders are often trying to find new ways to communicate that story. And so they're open to some different expressions of preaching or teaching or even worship. Let me give you some ideas about what I mean. Christmas is a good time to try a biographical message where you stand up and say, I was troubled when I found out that my soon-to-be wife was pregnant. And you simply narrate the story from the first person as if you were Joseph. You do a biographical message where you are giving a first-person description of what you saw and what you experienced and how you felt about it. And quite frankly, you're going to have to bring some Holy Spirit-inspired imagination to the task because while the Bible gives us an overview of the facts of what happened, it doesn't always go into all the feelings that people had and all the expressions that people may have felt or experienced. So you have to be careful that you don't go too far with this, but there's not anything wrong with being creative and simply standing up and in a narrative, first-person kind of way, laying out a perspective which is biographical about what happened in the story. That's just one idea. Uh, I've used a number of other uh, creative ideas to communicate around Christmas. I think one of my favorites was one year I had a large Christmas tree put on the stage and I had some boxes wrapped up and placed under the tree. And there were eight or ten of them, but four or five of them were special ones that I had uh, wrapped particularly to help me with the Christmas message. And I simply stood up and said something like this, Christmas is a time of gift giving. And I told some funny stories about gifts I had given or gifts I had received. And then I told a couple of meaningful stories about very special gifts that I had received over my lifetime. And then I said, and in the context of all of these stories about gift giving, I, I want to remind you that Christmas gift giving originated with God giving the greatest gift of all to us, the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. And along with that gift came several other things that God wants to give us. And I reached down and picked up one of the boxes and tore the paper open. And I had in the bottom of that box put a printed card taped there with my first set of sermon notes. And I said, for example, this box uh, has a, a gift from God where it said the scripture is the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And I said, one of the gifts God gives us is eternal life. And then I went to another one. Another gift that God gives us is spiritual gifts to help us to do ministry and to be involved vigorously in our church and in the care and giving, caregiving and ministry to other people. And then I had another one was the gift of salvation. You get the idea. I selected four or five gifts that God has given us where the Bible says this is the gift of God. I read the scripture. I explained that passage and I gave some application of it and maybe an illustration or two. And then I said, when I finished the first one, and now here's another one. And I opened it, picked up a second box and opened it. And I just sat there on a stool uh, on the on the stage and, and did this process with this Christmas tree and these gifts. Uh, another way that I did this, and I'll talk more about this maybe in just a moment in broader context, but I let children come up and help me with this. 
So I would say to a child by name, come up here on the stage with me just for a moment. See that red box there? Would you please get that box and hand it to me? Let's tear it open. Would you open it for me? And when they would open it, then I would say, now, thank you. Why don't you go back and be seated? And then I would say the child's name and say, you know, she's come up today, helped us find this gift from God. And then I would preach the message that I had laid out in the bottom of the box on the cards. And you go through four or five of those and you can lay out a very good message about the gifts of God. Another way that I uh, did this uh, kind of creative preaching about the Christmas story was with a manger scene that we built on the stage uh, one one Sunday. Uh, so here's how it worked. I, I had a table on the stage, and I had the basics of the manger scene uh, on the stage, but none of the characters, the nativity scene, I should say, and none of the characters. And I had gathered up uh, a number of these uh, nativities from different people in our church, always being careful to say, I need the one that you let people play with, not your prized possession one. And so on that Sunday, I had one Mary and I had one Joseph and I had one Jesus, but I had a lot of animals and I had lots of shepherds and I had three wise men and I had all the stuff that goes into the nativity. And I used the animals particularly, because you can have all those you want, to make sure that I had enough for everyone to participate. Now, this wouldn't work in a church of 10,000, but at the time I did this, I was in a church with about 200 people in our church plant in Oregon. And so on that Sunday, I had some people stationed at the doors, and I said, everyone who comes into the building that's under 12 years old, give them one of these figurines that goes in the nativity scene. And just tell them when you give it to them, Uh, Pastor Jeff's going to call on you in the service, and when he does, you bring this up to the stage and give it to him. And we made sure that I knew who had Mary and who had Joseph and who had Jesus and who had the wise men so that I had children that I was familiar with with these, but all the rest of the children... We gave them uh, animals and shepherds and others that were uh, an indeterminate number so that every child in the service had a figurine in their hands when they came into the worship service. And then I stood up and said, this is the nativity story. Let me read it and tell it to you this morning. And I started reading scripture and then saying, one of the first people to enter the scene uh, was, you know, some of the first people to enter the scene are the animals. Uh, And let's start putting the animals into the scene. If you have a, if you have a cow, would you bring the cows forward? And the children got up all over the room and came forward with their cows. And then I told a little bit more of the story and I got the uh, shepherds and the angels and I got the wise men. And then eventually I got to the point where I had other animals that I added in and, uh, and, and I spread those out so that I had children bringing animals throughout the time. And eventually I had all of it up there except for one. I've had Mary and Joseph, and then I had the one missing. I said, well, there's just one person missing from the nativity scene. Does anyone know who that is? And of course, by this time, everyone's involved, and they all shout out Jesus. And I said, yes, that's correct. Someone in this room has Jesus in their hands right now, a little figurine that represents him. Would you bring him forward and place him in the nativity scene? And this little girl got up, walked forward, and very carefully laid this little baby Jesus in the manger there in the nativity. It was a powerful moment. It's a fun way to do the Christmas message. It's a creative way. It gets a lot of children involved, and it gives you a chance to do something unique and special about creating the nativity, uh, living uh, a visible nativity uh, there on the platform of your church. Well, another way to do this uh, that I tried over the years was also 
building a Christmas village on the stage. Now, uh, my wife and some other women in our church have these uh, ceramic Christmas villages, and the the uh, the the buildings are you know twelve about twelve inches tall, so they're they're large enough to be seen from uh, around the around the room. And I selected about eight or ten of those uh, buildings, and I brought them and set them up on the stage. And I said, you know, the nativity occurred when Jesus came into the real world. If Jesus came into our world today, this is what my, it might look like. Not so much a nativity scene uh, or a manger store, a manger setting, but it might look something more like this. Jesus wants to come into our world, into all of our worlds, and be a part of who we are and what we're experiencing. For example, uh, on this village that I've constructed, there's a school. Jesus wants to go with all of you who go to school every day. Jesus wants to be with you, and this is how he wants to help you grow you, change you, work through you in your school context. Some of you work in service industries. Jesus would like to be with you as well. And I said, like at this firehouse here on my city or on my village that I've constructed here on the stage. You get the idea. I had these different village uh, buildings, six, eight, ten of them. And I just preached messages about Jesus coming into the lives of different people, illustrating it by different people that were members of our church, and talking about how Jesus wants to be with us in real life and in real life situations like we're being portrayed on that stage. Well, uh, I've talked about using s- props and symbols and ch- and uh, and nativities and villages and uh, Christmas gifts, but the one thing I mentioned at the beginning I'd like to go back to, and that is these stories are also a good way to get a lot of other people involved. Now, this takes more planning, and it's a little bit of work, but it's worth it. This is a good time to get people involved in reading Scripture, in praying, in, vi- in physically bringing things up to the stage and handing them to you that you might not use on a typical Sunday. Because people are f- fairly familiar with the Christmas story, even people who don't normally participate in worship leadership are more likely and more willing to participate with you in this kind of context. So Christmas is a great season to pick out those four or five people that you're cultivating for leadership and you'd like to see step forward and take more responsibility in front of the congregation and say, hey, on Christmas, would you be one of my scripture readers? On Christmas, would you say a special prayer for us at a certain time in the service? At Christmas, would you assist me in this particular way? And then with children, lots of ways to get them involved, as I've already illustrated, with bringing things to the platform, with participating with you in the present opening, with doing things related to the nativity or the global or the, uh, the local village, those kinds of things. So Christmas is a good time to get more people involved in worship leadership and particularly, especially, getting more children involved in that context. Well... I hope this podcast gives you a few ideas, even as you move in the next couple of weeks into the Christmas uh, services where you'll be preaching and teaching on Christmas. Remember, preach about Christmas. Just try to preach one new idea or one new perspective or one new angle. The story is the story. Don't feel like you have to reinvent it. Just preach Christmas and just try to come up with that one new insight you want to give this year. Resist the temptations to be prophetic or negative. That's not the day for it. And don't be overly nostalgic. It's good to talk about the past and to talk about good memories of past Christmases. But remember, a significant number of people in your congregation will not have those reference points. So be careful that you don't go too far with that. 
And then don't be afraid to be creative. I've given you four or five different ideas here on the podcast. Don't let that be all that you do. Uh, Look at different churches and what they're doing. Read other pastors' reports about how they do things at Christmas. Uh, Look around on the internet at creative ideas and shape them to fit your context. But don't be afraid to be creative. To do things a little differently on Christmas or during the Christmas season. And particularly, don't be afraid to involve more people in the preaching, teaching moment during the Christmas season than you might normally on a regular Sunday. Hey, thank you for listening to the podcast today. I pray that you will have a very Merry Christmas in your context. I know you're going to be busy. Those of you who are engaged in church leadership will be very busy. I admire you and I appreciate you. Thank you for all that you do as you make the Christmas season special. It's a part of your responsibility as a ministry leader and as a local church leader. It's a part of the work you do as you lead on.